Welcome to Blessed to Be a Blessing. This is session three. Previously, we've talked about the place that we are blessed. God blesses us, and He has given to us every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, at Ephesians 1, verse 3. Now, I encourage you again to focus on the reality of who God is and what He has done for us. We are blessed. And so we're blessed, not just to there's no problems in our life. No, in fact, Jesus tells us that there's going to be tribulation in this world. But we need to live from the place of blessing. Because if you live from blessing, you will be a blessing. Because once you are completely aware of the blessings that we've received in Christ, then you can be a blessing to other people. Now, in this session, I want to look at a passage of Scripture. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I want to begin reading in verse 14. And we're just going to walk through this passage because I think it's so important. Verse 14 is, For the love of Christ compels us. Now, this is, I'm just going to stop there for just a minute. This is what God is wanting us to do. He was compelled by love. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Jesus didn't just talk about love. He demonstrated His love by going to the cross and dying for us. And so the motivating factor is that God is love and that He loves us. So Paul is saying here, for the love of Christ compels us. So my question, my question to myself, my question to you, does the love of Christ compel you? Does it call you into everything that you do? Is it what's controlling you? It should. Because His love in us causes us to love and the motivation. So the reason, I'm going to spend a little time here, because we need to recognize that it was His love for us that released the blessing into our life. It's His love in us that will release blessing to other people. But you've got to be compelled by love. It's, it's the love is the strongest force on the face of the earth. Because the Bible says that love never fails. If love never fails, then of course He's God, His love, but it, it's the strongest force that there is. So, verse 14 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, For the love of Christ compels us, or actually one of the translations is it controls us. Because we judge this, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Now, wow. That's a, that's a lot right there. So what he's saying is, is that God's love compelled and it should compel us so that we recognize his love compelled Jesus to go to the cross. The love of the Father that he would give us his only son so that we might have life. And he did that while we were still sinners. So his love compelled him it was the love of God in Christ that compelled him to go to the cross. And it says that, therefore, we, if the one died for all. See, Jesus died for all of us. He tasted death 
for us so that we don't have to taste death. Hebrews says that we're no longer afraid of death. Uh, we don't have to deal with the fear of death. Why? Because he died our death. He, he tasted death for us. Well, he died for all of us so that we who live should no longer live for themselves. And that's the whole point. The sacrifice on the cross was paid for you and for me. We, when we're compelled by his love, it's a driving force. It makes every decision that we make, it's motivated by his love. And we recognize that his love was demonstrated by Jesus going to the cross and dying for us. Because he died our death, he died for us. The reality is that we should no longer live for ourselves. So what, what are we talking about? We're talking about being a blessing. See, when you live for yourself, it's all about me. My focus is on me. Everything's about me. What you should have done for me. What, why you didn't do this and why this. And it's all about me. Life does not consist about me. Life consists about the Lord. And when we understand that we're blessed because we're in Him, then and we're compelled by love, and you've got to be compelled by love. Otherwise, you won't live for other people. Because what you'll do is that we should no longer live for ourselves. We're not here for me. I'm not here for all about me. And that's what happens is that's what when when I turn inward, it becomes about me. I can't be a blessing. But when I realize that I am blessed because of what Jesus has done for me at the cross, I am blessed and I receive his love and blessing, then I'm able to extend his love and blessing to people around me. But this is a mindset that has to change. As I am in him, I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And when I realize that, then I realize that, wait a minute, life doesn't consist about me. Now, here's, here's the key. The reality is you can't outgive God. And it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. So what happens is when you give of yourself, when you give love, when you give grace, when you give mercy, when you give forgiveness, when you give kindness, when you give, when you give, and you give, and you're being a blessing, what happens? You get blessed. And this is how it's supposed to work. It's a flow of life. And so what happens is it says that there's a river of living water out of our belly. Well, if you've ever seen living water and a stream, but what about when it's not flowing, it's just a pond, it gets really stagnant. So the picture is that we're supposed to be giving ourselves away. And you may say, well, you know, I've, I tried that, and I, I was abused, and I was misused and all kinds of things. I understand that sometimes it happens that way. But I want to tell you something. God's plan is that we keep giving. We keep giving. We keep being a blessing. We say, well, how long do I have to be a blessing? You may be in a marriage that's bad. You may have bad situation at work. You may have circumstances that you know, it's like, wow, how much do you have to give? I don't know. But I know this, is that we're not to live for ourselves. Why? Because Christ died he didn't live for himself. See, he died for us. And so that's what it says here, is that we should live no longer for ourselves, but for him who died for us and gave himself 
We should live for Christ. That's being a blessing. So my mindset is that I'm blessed. Thank you, Lord, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You've blessed me. You've given to me everything. And therefore, because you so love me and bless me, that now my motivation is love, and now I want to be a blessing. So can you imagine really have what the world would be like if we woke up every day thinking, well, I'm a blessed person today. I'm going to be a blessing. How can I be a blessing today? How can I bless those around me? How can I bless my family? How can I bless those I work with? How can I bless those people that, that I come in contact with? Can you imagine if we thought that way driving down the road? A lot of times you get in traffic and all kinds of people. How about being a blessing? How about stopping and letting somebody in? How about not being upset with somebody because they cut you off? But the point is, is that we don't live for ourselves. And that's what Paul is saying here. Because of what Jesus has done for us, because we're blessed with every spiritual blessing, we no longer live for ourselves, but we live for him who literally died for us, but was also rose from the grave. Verse 16 says, therefore, now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Wow. What he's saying here is that even though I've, I've got a, a wife or I've got children or I've got a boss at work, um, they sure look like they're real and flesh. He's saying don't regard them that way any longer. Quit looking at them in the natural. Begin to look with his eyes. Begin to see things from his perspective. As a blessed person, you want to be a blessing. So as a motivated by love person, you want to be a blessing. And that love is what propels that. And then all of a sudden you begin to see someone differently than you've probably seen them before. You may say, well, I've been abused and I've been hurt and I've been wounded. I've been abandoned. I understand that. But we still can see things from God's perspective. And that's what he's saying here. He's saying, look, don't regard them any longer according to the flesh. Remember, we're told we live, we battle not against flesh and blood, but we do battle against spiritual forces of wickedness. So even a lot of times people are being evil and being mean to us, it's still not, we're not battling them. We're battling spiritual forces. So it helps us to recognize that, wait a minute, I'm supposed to love and bless and forgive and be a blessing uh, but even though there's a lot of evil that's coming at me through people, but it's not them, it's a spirit that's motivating them to do the, the harmful thing. So it's really important for now we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though Paul says we've known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. What he's saying? Well, he's saying that Christ actually lived in the flesh, he walked on the earth. Uh, the witnesses, now Paul did not an eyewitness, but there were eyewitnesses of Christ. The 12 disciples, the, the people that were with him, they saw him, they touched him, they saw him, but he is no longer here. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. But he said, I'll not leave you as an orphan, I'll send, I'm going to come to you. And he did. He came by the Spirit living in us. So we don't see him, but what we're, but we have faith in what he has done, and we are we don't regard to him as a as Jesus walking in the flesh. He is Christ, the resurrected King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he lives in us by the Spirit. So from here on, that's what he's saying is we've got to start 
regarding people, not just in the natural. When you see them and you all the stuff that they do, we've got to be careful to recognize, wait a minute, the we're, we don't relate to Christ that way, and we're not going to relate to them that way either. We're going to see them differently. But you can only do that if you're motivated by love. You recognize that you're blessed, what? To be a blessing. Verse 17 says, therefore, another therefore, again, Paul is connecting these things together. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Now, let me just stop there. Hey, that's the key. The key is, are you in Christ? If you're in Christ, it says that you're a new creation. You're not patched up, fixed up. It's not like having a wreck and going to the hospital or having your car wrecked and going to the body shop and they fix parts. No, you are a new creation. You are literally born again and you've been you've come alive. So why this is important? Because if you are in Christ, and as if you're born again, you're watching this, I hope and pray that you are. If you're not, you can ask the Lord to come into your to your life right now and to give you new life. But He's given to us new life. We're a new creation. So that the old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. And what he's saying is, well, we're no longer uh, patched up, fixed up. I got a broken arm, broken leg, I had some surgery. No, I am a new creation. And that's why if this is crucial to living in the blessed life. If I am living in the past and I'm living with what I did or what was done to me, I'm going to live looking backwards. And God is saying, no, 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 no. Don't keep that. That's the old man. You're a new creation. Turn and begin to realize that, wow, you, you are brand new if you're in Christ. Oh, and by the way, you are blessed. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So you're not limping through life because of what happened to me or because of what I did or because of the mistakes of the past. It's time for us to really understand I am a new creation in God. I have been created in the image of God. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing. And my position is that I'm in Him. I can live differently, I can act differently, and I can live in blessing to be a blessing because of what Christ has done for me. I am a new creation. All this old passing away, and everything's becoming new. So he goes on to say, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of of reconciliation. It was God who planned this whole thing. He has reconciled us. It means that that the bills have been paid and that we have been joined to him. The debt has been paid. We have been completely brought into relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And then he says, okay, I've reconciled you to me. Now I'm going you to be a minister of reconciliation to the world. Wow. So I've gone from my, I've gone from a lost position, finding myself in Christ, finding myself the old has passed away, the all is becoming new, and all of a sudden the what Christ what what Paul is saying here is that God has reconciled us. It was God who was doing this. Oh, and by the way, he's given to us a ministry of reconciliation. 
Do you realize that we are all in full-time ministry? We are all called to be a minister of reconciliation. What does that look like? It looks like being a blessing. Being a blessing everywhere you go. Being a blessing out, out in the world. Being a blessing to your family. Being a blessing at your church. Being a blessing to wherever you uh, would go to shop. Being a blessing. We're ministers of reconciliation. And he goes on to explain this. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. And he's committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Isn't that amazing? So we're all in full-time ministry. What is that ministry? It's a ministry of reconciliation. We're helping people understand that God was in Christ paying the penalty for our sin. The sin that separated us from God, there's no way for mankind to make that gap. God did it. He did it in such a way that he forgave us completely, and he has reconciled us, which means we've been joined to him. We have peace with God through the blood of the cross, and we have been joined to Father. And he says, now, now because you're in this place of blessing, because you're in me, now I want you to represent me the same way. I want you to go out there as an ambassador. You're a representative of the kingdom of God. You represent the king, and you go out, and the best way to be a minister of reconciliation is to be a son or a daughter of blessing. When you live from that position of being in Christ, when you live from that place of being blessed, I'm going to tell you, you'll be a blessing. And you will make a difference. People will say, there's something different about you. Yeah, it's because of Jesus Christ. I'm not because I'm a good person or because I'm a great person. No, it's because of Jesus. He's changed my life. I am not the way I used to be. I am a new creation in him. And so we've been given this ministry, and uh, we're representatives of him. We are all in full-time ministry. We represent him everywhere that we go. When we begin to recognize that, wait a minute, I'm a full-time minister. Everywhere I go, everything I do, um, driving my car, going shopping, where I retreat people, I'm, a, I'm an ambassador. The last verse, verse 21, that we're going to cover, it says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And we're going to pick that up in the next session. But the reality is, is that what Paul is telling us here, because God so loved us that we're blessed. We're blessed as a new creation. We're blessed because we've been reconciled to God, and we are blessed. We're blessed in every way. And the whole point is, is that we're blessed now as an ambassador for Christ, as a minister of reconciliation. How and do we act? How, what do we do? Well, we recognize I'm blessed, and therefore I'm blessed to be a blessing. So, Father, we love you and bless you, and we thank you that you have done everything. You've given us life, and Lord, we are a new creation. We thank you that you've reconciled us to yourself, 
and you've given to us the ministry of reconciliation. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to understand and really walk in the fullness of us being ambassadors, that we are now commissioned into full-time ministry. And because we're blessed, you want us to go out and be a blessing, to be a minister of reconciliation. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We thank you for your amazing grace and everything you've done for us. We thank you that you blessed us so we could be a blessing. We love you. We bless you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.